0: Hello and welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 40, Big 40. <laughs> it's a Wednesday night. I'm John. This is Andrea. How are you doing?
1: Good, good. Episode 40, huh? We're over the hill. Is that what that is?
0: I mean, back <laughs> in the day. Uh, right. I think we got a couple decades to we're over the hill.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. We'd you'd, you'd get those like uh, sad over the hill cards and balloons that were like all in black, and it was like up oh, forty time to give it up. So, yep, maybe maybe not the best celebration, but I think I think we can get over it. I think mm-hmm. we can get over the hill with grace.
0: Well, fitness trainer is here to celebrate our fortieth. Woohoo! That's good.
1: Thanks, fitness good trainer.
0: Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, Appreciate the support out there. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Let us know how your week has been. Andrea, how has your week been?
1: Uh, Pretty decent. You know, it was obviously Thanksgiving last week. So ate a lot of food, watched a lot of football, took a lot of naps. I mean, who can complain about that, right?
0: Yeah, that's pretty good.
1: How about yourself?
0: Good times. Um, Yeah. No, it's been a good week. Busy. We have kind of a little remodel in the house going on.
1: Oh, what you Uh, doing?
0: So um, I don't remember if I brought up on the show or not before, but we have a kind of tall foyer area. Yeah. And that's a waste of space. So we're putting in a floor there.
1: Right. You did mention that before. Yeah. Okay. So
0: that's been going on. Uh, Had some loud noises in the house getting things ready for that moving lights around all that kind of thing
1: so once the floor goes in what's it going to be for
0: like what are you going to do like i so we're going to put dobby's food and water up there i think and stuff oh okay for one he'll be more comfortable there and then we'll also probably are going to do like um seating area slash make a kind of craft area Okay. You know, so Ashley wants to do some crafts, or we want to do a puzzle together, or something like that. Because nice. otherwise, you set it someplace downstairs, and you don't want to leave stuff out. Yep. Because it's on the dining room table or whatever, you know. Totally. So, this can, I think that's what's going to be this space, and we have a nice big window there, so it's just nice to look out and.
1: For sure, and, yeah. It'll be a nice the, multi multi purpose space, or you know, I mean, if you've got like some seating and stuff there, and you got a, a window. With a view, it can be like a nice little writing corner for coming yep. up with D and D stories. So, Absolutely. yeah, multifaceted. I like it.
0: So yeah, I got that going, and then I managed to watch a lot of shows. Um, awesome. Well, Fear Poisons asking what this podcast is about. Well, pop culture stuff generally. A <laughs> few news stories. We'll get to um, just things that we're interested in. Um, One sad story. And then later in the episode, we're going to be talking about cyberpunk. We watched, um, I suppose I should introduce that up front. uh, um, We're going to be talking about Total Recall Mm -hmm. from 1990. So if you've seen that, um, but before that, we'll be talking a little bit about what cyberpunk is and what interests us about it. And we're going down a path here, a journey of cyberpunk things leading up to the game.
1: That's right. That's right. I can't imagine we will also not bring up some of our discussion last week from watching Blade Runner, just because it's so iconic, and I feel so, like there's such a, a shift from Blade Runner to Total Recall. So,
0: yep. So we're gonna have later spoilers for Total Recall and both Blade Runner movies. So spoilers from 1990. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but hey, maybe it's but that you Warren know, Ardell or no, I mean, wanting to get to.
1: Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't watched it before now, so I mean that would have been spoilers for me.
0: Yeah, I've only I had only seen parts of it. So. Yeah, um, I started some games this week. I started uh, Dragon Age Origins, much to Ashley's excitement. Um, <laughs> played a little bit of that. Um, I bought Hades, um, game of the year nominee, yes. um, from the Game Awards, and it is fantastic it is so good um music is good voice acting is great um it's got a fun style you know it's of course you you played the the son of hades Mm -hmm. trying to get out of the underworld so um it's great they build in these um these mechanics that are uh, typical of this kind of game but make it make sense with the story um so that's been a lot of fun And in tandem with that, much to, like, I guess, Phil's excitement. I don't think I told him quite (laughs) yet, but we started Blood of Zeus.
1: Oh, nice. Nice. I actually did, too.
0: Oh, really? Okay, perfect.
1: (laughs) I'm not very far, so, like, don't go crazy. But, yeah, I started it.
0: Yeah. No, I I think you watched three episodes.
1: Okay. I've just watched one. Uh, I figured if he could could, uh, push through online first and second season which i think is is very bold of him to do i i could start blood of zeus sure because i know he's yeah. been super excited about sharing that
0: yeah sort out online good things good things i should push through season two of that as well it's um, so tough though it's yeah. just
1: it's just not the first season in all the wrong ways
0: yep but if season three is worth it, you know, I'll never know. Right.
1: Right. That's true. So you totally quit on uh, season two?
0: Uh, yeah, I did. I, I don't know okay. how many episodes I got in, but uh, like Kirito's form, different mm-hmm. appearance was weird. Um, yeah, I hated that. And uh, the new uh, companion, we'll say, trying to be non-spoilery, um, yep. is... Uh, An issue as well so yeah
1: i'm pretty sure i finished it out but it feels now with some distance from it it feels just like a big blur that i was like i started this i guess i should finish it and i don't know that i retained a whole lot of it so
0: maybe i should just skip to season three
1: you could i mean just do
0: it i know that would be against your that would hurt your soul i suppose it does a, a little bit, against, yeah. <laughs> but said. or
1: I, I mean, you could like watch the last couple and at least like try to get some sort yeah. of like what happened kind of thing.
0: But yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and then I uh, I caught up on the Mandalorian, and again, you know, I won't spoil anything here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but man, does is my Star or my Star Wars vibes a flowing. Yep. Makes any sense? It, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, so redemptive right now to my feelings towards Star Wars. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yeah.
1: That's awesome. I love that at least one Star Wars element is like living up to the greatness potential that is that franchise.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's all the fun things I've been doing. Um, Drink holidays.
1: Yeah. We kind of got some random ones going on. Um, I did include like one holdover from November, even though we've started a new month, December, which is national eggnog month. I mean, to nobody's surprise, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but November 29th, I just wanted to note was small brewery Saturday, which I think fits in with like, you know, the overall like holiday black Friday. And then you have like small business Saturday, small brewery Saturday. I think that like really fits in nicely so um if you miss that and you're you're into craft brews and into local brews like give your local brewery some love and go buy go buy a six-pack or a crawler because mm-hmm. want to keep those open for whenever we're all able to get outside again um and then this coming friday december 4th is both bartender appreciation day which I can totally get behind having been (laughs) a bartender myself. (laughs) Um, And then it's also Cabernet Franc Day. So in honor of that, I've got a little like glass of mock Cabernet here. So
0: I still feel like I'm participating. Yep. I actually have sort of a mock. Well, a component of my drink is a mock one. So I thought, well, bartender appreciation. So I, I would thank you for your service in the past. And then, <laughs> and then, um, I just decided, well, while that's uh, a thing, I'll make sure I make a cocktail.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: I, uh, Ashley really likes, I guess it's nostalgic for her, the like Welch's sparkling grape. Juice, oh, you know, sure, yeah. <laughs> as a kid, that's what she gets, yeah. you know, when everybody <laughs> else is drinking wine or whatever. So she bought some of that. So I made a drink that is, um, uh, Three, well, three shots of, um, Ray oh, okay. and um, ounce and a half of lemon juice, and, um, topped up, you know, on ice. Topped up with this Welch's grape sparkling, <laughs> and a uh, a sprig of rosemary. All right. How does good all over the drink?
1: How does that taste?
0: It's it's good. All right, And so I didn't know what it was gonna you know how it was gonna be And It's like it doesn't look um wintry, I guess you know, I suppose you could associate it does with the color I mean, and then the the rosemary exactly. you know
1: that's so, right. you got some red and green, very on theme,
0: yeah. so yeah, it's delicious, nice, so yeah, that's that it's a grown up um, kitty
1: cocktail. <laughs>
0: you're right yeah, that's what you call it, something like that, yep. I'm always I do a poor job of naming my drinks, so
1: it's hard to like come up with stuff.
0: Yeah, it's not used or too long or like too on the nose or right. You know, and then you name it something thematic, and you're like, really, does it represent that?
1: Right, right. Uh, I so. applaud you for trying, though.
0: Yeah, I think I think because you make a uh, make up a name of a. Solar system. Just make up one, name <laughs> that solar system, and then you can start making cocktails based on the planets and things that are in that solar system. And you have to nice. make them all up from this. So it's not really, you know, nice. So if it's Zorborg Forty Seven, great. Yeah. Yeah. Who kno- who
1: knows what that Why is, is except that? you? Yes.
0: Yeah. It. <laughs> I like it. Deal with it. I like it. All right, news. Um, mm-hmm. News quick before we get on the cyberpunky y things. Um, Super Nintendo World is opening in February in Universal Studios Japan, Osaka, Japan.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to be there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good luck.
0: <laughs> yeah, it uh, it looks cool. And yeah,
1: I- it, it does. I was checking out some of the, the pre-release photos. It looks pretty sweet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But unfortunately, good luck, American, traveling anywhere for a yeah, while Yeah, I hope still. That
0: it, um, I hope they are hurriedly bringing it stateside.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah.
0: Um, what's this Pokemon Go stuff? I've been dabbling.
1: Yes.
0: Go in there.
1: That's right. Welcome back to the fold. Well, if you're dabbling, at least you have something new to do. Uh, because Pokemon Go has released, finally, some new levels beyond level 40 that everybody was stuck at forever. Not
0: I. Not I. I'm like
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, then, now you've got new goals to achieve. Now you can get to yeah. level 50. Um, and uh-huh. they've kind of done something fun where um, it's not only that you have to get enough you know, XP. Um, to hit your, your level marks, you also have to complete, like, like, side tasks. So, you know, like, catch 50 Pokemon of X or participate in 10 raids or, you know, do something else. So it's, it's a little bit more um, interactive and you have to do a little bit more rather than just, like, you know, sit around and throw a ball. It's just a little bit extra. So.
0: But those are, like, constantly there kind of thing as opposed to the normal... You know, normally you can pick up different things to achieve. These are just always achievements that are available.
1: Exactly. Once you hit level 40. So being that you're still at level 38, it's just still all about XP and like grinding away at that right now. But once you hit level 40, you get like the extra little side stuff that you have to do.
0: Ashley and I always said that if we like if we'd lived in the metropolitan area Mm -hmm. when Pokemon came out then we would have like, no problem, just no problem, yeah. but for so long, like we, you couldn't do anything unless you went mm-hmm. somewhere and like, yep. sure, we would go and play a lot places, but still it wasn't like, you know, a daily thing. So, right.
1: You can't like be at home and do it. Like right. Chris and I can just be at home. Cause across the street, there's like two gyms and three stops and yep, it's like pretty accessible. So yeah, totally. And
0: now we could because now stuff spawns here you know and right. we still wouldn't have stops but my bag is always full it's always full <laughs> sure so yeah.
1: well and they did um pokemon did make things a little bit easier when they released like remote raid passes um yep. so you can and and you don't always have to buy those like sometimes you can just get them for free so they're they're trying to like reach out i think to the more like rural areas so, yep. but yeah, so that was kind of a big thing, just because Pokemon Go really hasn't done a whole lot that's newsworthy for a while. So I just wanted to bring that up because Chris was pretty stoked, and I did am too. They,
0: um, are there? Did they just release some new Pokemon? Because there's some showing yes. up wrong that we hadn't been seeing. Okay. Right. Yes,
1: from the uh, Kalos region, that's brand okay. new today. Got some like cute oh, little used- ones. There's like a little yeah, fox. Like there's like a little fox guy that uh, I think Ashley would find totally adorable.
0: Yes, uh, we we got him already. Got a couple of him, I think. Sure. And uh, some little bear guy.
1: Yep, there's like a little so. lion, there's a little bunny, and then I think there's, there's a bird and there's a rare like frog one that I can't remember the name of right now. But
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's always fun. I mean, I remember being uh so excited like mm-hmm. when they launched their just their first new set of Pokemon. It's like, oh my God. And we'd be driving around and yes. Like, oh my God, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: yes. Yeah. I I still remember like the first day they released it and like Chris and Phil and I went into uh Minneapolis. We like took the light rail into Minneapolis. We were like walking around the U of M campus and like following those little like feet or like leaves yeah. that would like be like, Oh, you're closer. You're closer. Oh my God. It was like such a thing. We'd be like walking around like, Oh shit. Not this way. Like we gotta go that way now.
0: Work. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so.
0: Yep. What a long a way it's come. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, well, um, I wish I could say that daredevil has come a long way since, um, it wrapped shooting, but, um, it is not though Marvel has regained the rights to create Daredevil television and movie content. Mm-hmm. Um include him in their stuff. So with that, hope. Yeah, well, with that, there was a whole mm-hmm. new slew of um people doing the hashtag mm-hmm. save daredevil. Um, I'm with you. Yeah. So yeah, I don't have any, I don't really have any hope here. I mean, all I can hope for, I guess, right. is that they do a good job with whatever incarnation they do bring to the screen. But.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh, yeah, I guess I shouldn't, I shouldn't say I have like a realistic hope, but I've got some. I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like it It was so good. It was such a hit. Um, A lot of people just really, I feel like, were totally blindsided by like all this cancellation because these shows were doing so well um and people really enjoyed them they were critically acclaimed um and Daredevil obviously kicked it all off so i'm i'm hoping even if it's not a realistic hope even if it's a yep. it's a galaxy <laughs> it's a galaxy yeah. far far away it's zorborg 47 or whatever yeah <laughs> you <Yep>. said <laughs> i think
0: that was it <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> Um, I've still got hope. I mean, Charlie Cox can still do it. I mean, it's not like it's 10 years later and he's too old and he can't play the character anymore. So,
0: I mean, you just look at their lineup right now and I'm, I like that they're not afraid to use B tier and C tier characters, you know, but you look at the shakeup to the Avengers and it's Mm -hmm. a very different group potentially going forward here in a lot of ways and i would much rather they instead of like doing you know different versions of the main heroes you know mm-hmm. um just bringing in other heroes that haven't been used yet yeah you know i don't want to i don't want to like say examples here without like spoiling where a- avengers has <laughs> obviously gone here but right. uh, but yeah you got potential here um and you know they're moving contents to the disney plus for streaming
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know i don't know because ultimately i can't be upset as a fan that we have three seasons all of which i enjoy of daredevil it's a lot of good content it just seems like a shame to not then bring that character to the films that they've already established and done a good job well, you know i don't know
1: yeah. yeah yeah we'll we'll see i think um I think a lot will depend on these next few years, um, post COVID, um, when they're, they're finally able to like release this second phase of Marvel content and we'll see how fans and audiences react and they'll kind of see where, where they feel they need to go from there. If they're successful, maybe they'll feel more open to taking chances. If not, I think there's going to be a big panic and we'll see what happens from there. Yep. Could be like a total reshifting of everything.
0: Yep. Well, in sort of from sort of nerd level <laughs> sad news to actual sad news.
2: Yeah.
0: Um David Prowse, Darth Vader, OG the embodiment of Darth Vader, mm-hmm. um has passed away.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um eighty-five. So yep. he had a good long life, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: he's
1: um, attending uh conventions and um you know, fan meetups right up until the very end, which I think is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So I should have worked something Star Wars for. for that. Yeah, I
1: didn't. I didn't think of it either. I feel silly, but yeah, oh. he seemed like a really cool guy. Just uh, I watched like a few interviews with him and watched like some of his, um, you know, convention video or whatever. And of <laughs> course, I mean, you know, can show you just like the best sides of a person, but still, he seemed pretty cool. He seemed like a pretty cool guy.
0: Yep. So, well, we will appreciate the role of Darth Vader that he has brought to us for many years to come. Absolutely. Um, a one more thing before we talk all cyberpunk midnight sky, the midnight sky is a movie coming to Netflix by George Clooney starring George Clooney, Mm -hmm. uh, among some others. And, um, It looks cool to me. Um, Something, again, with humanity leaving and whatever, but what looks different about it this time is that it's focusing on something a person needs to do on the ground, on Earth, to save the people that are heading out in space. As opposed to, like, you're on the ship and everything's going wrong and whatever. Right. kind of like, you know...
1: Or, like, Armageddon, where we're on earth and we send people out into space to like
0: save us. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to see Armageddon again ever? Like, do you want to watch it? When was the last time you watched Armageddon?
1: Oh boy. (laughs) Like college, I think.
0: Okay. Like some
1: two, it's from early two thousands. I mean, I, I feel like maybe, um, I would like, sit down maybe maybe post pregnancy have a drink and like have some people over and just be like you know have have like a fun night of it but I don't but know that is, I'd like sit down to like watch it for me
0: right you know what but I mean that, it would like, be
1: nostalgia right and, and not solely with like
0: choose though
1: I think like, it is
0: you're gonna do that okay all right I, I think then. it
1: is I'd pair it with maybe something else too but like it would be like a fun like nostalgia because it was so yeah. big I think when we were younger, you know what I mean? Like it was just such like a Armageddon was like the blockbustery of all the blockbusters, you know, it'd just be fun to, to go back and rewatch it and be like, Oh man.
0: And they had that one like romance song in there that played at all the dances.
1: And then you remember like it's, it's Liv Tyler's dad singing her love scene song and you're like, Oh no. Why? (laughs) Who wasn't creeped out by this? Who gave this the go ahead?
0: Does this talk right now make us feel, make us boomers? Like, I feel no. like
1: we're solid millennials. Like- we're OK. <laughs> okay.
0: okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Midnight Sky coming to Netflix. Um, yes. I'm very far behind on Netflix movies, but.
1: Same. Um, but yeah, this looks interesting. I'd, I'd probably give it a watch. And I also hope it goes better for George Clooney than his uh, previous um starring and directing attempt, Solaris, which also was kind of vaguely spacey post apocalyptic sure, yeah. that did not go over very well. So sure.
0: hopefully
1: hopefully he's got a better handle on it this time. Good yeah. luck, George Clooney.
0: <laughs> well, we like his Nespresso coffee. So that's right. <laughs> I'm you know, I was trying to think of some sort of way to go into this year from from George Clooney.
1: He's a, he's an
0: ageless man. Um he'll be around long into the cyberpunk era. <laughs>
1: of-
0: I'm sure. Um
1: Well, and hasn't he hasn't he been in a movie with Ryan Gosling, who we just talked about last week in Blade Runner 2049? I swear they've done a they've done like a mm-hmm. political thriller or something together. So Interesting. There we go. There's there's like an avenue yeah. in there.
2: <laughs> All
0: right. Well, we should throw up the spoilers just in case because we've been mm-hmm. watching some uh Blade Runner content and Cyberpunk content. So um if we end up talking about that. But um Cyberpunk. Where is it from? Mm-hmm. What's it about? You know, I feel like we should talk about this a little bit. Um, the
1: Ides of March. Was- Thank you, Ellen. Sorry to go backwards. That was the political Ides thriller. Of March. Yeah, the the political thriller with George Clooney and Ryan Gosling that I couldn't think of, The Ides of March. I should have thought of that. It's so Shakespearean. Like it's it's Julius Caesar. And I sh- I should have thought <laughs> How of that. Dare but- you.
2: Shame. I know,
1: shame. <laughs> we need like a bell for me right now. Just yeah. walk me through the streets. Shame.
0: <laughs> Uh, OK, well, right,
1: back to well I Sorry. was
0: I was very surprised because my mind, uh, mm-hmm. or, like without having looked anything up before, was always under the impression that cyberpunk was born out of the 80s mm-hmm. and defined by Blade Runner. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. we last week. But looking at it now, um, really, it started much earlier than that. Even mm-hmm. though it wasn't given that name, yes. Of a, you know, like so, retroactively, a bunch of this stuff becomes cyberpunk because uh, mm-hmm. it had not been identified. Um, right. It seems. Right. So, Philip K. Dick and William Gibson seem like the the godfathers, huh? Would
1: yeah. You, yeah. Is that yeah. Found? They um. Yeah, they're the. I think they're probably the most prolific. Cyberpunk writers—they're probably the most their um, their careers are you know more grounded in cyberpunk, and the content that they've put out is is almost fully cyberpunk. Even if they didn't quite coin the term, the term came a little bit earlier than even they had started writing because um, they were in they were I think in the '60s, and technically the first use of cyberpunk came in the '40s, um, really? even. Yes, yes. Um, an author named Bruce Bethke coined the term in the forties, even though I don't think he really defined what it was right. as a genre. He just like created the word um and sort yeah. of like got to beginnings of it. But yeah, so it's it's yeah, it's much, much older than I had even realized because like you said before, if you'd told me cyberpunk began in the eighties, I would have totally went along with that. Yep. So,
0: yeah, I just had this uh, and I think it's because, you know, Blade Runner's made such an impact and Mm -hmm. you sort of, you know, you see the way that pop culture reacted to the 80s and um, it just it just fits that vibe so much. But then you start thinking, well, what what really defines cyberpunk?
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: you'd written that down, I think other, you know it seems like the common thing, and to me, tell me if you think this doesn't make sense, but to me high high tech low life does encapsulate yeah everything yeah high tech low life I mean you, you, there really doesn't need to be anything else to it, I think you can see all the the like things that start popping up that right. uh, relate in different ways that's uh found and is discovered, but uh yeah. That seems to make sense to me.
1: Yeah, I think that's the essence, the core of cyberpunk um, is the high-tech low-life, you know, the high-tech setting and then the low-life story or plot or character focus, um, kind of whatever, however you choose to define that. I think there's there's a lot of other elements. There's a lot of other nuanced cyberpunk. But like, if you really drilled down to get to the essence of it, this is absolutely what it would be.
0: Yep. Um, so we started our journey last week talking about Mm -hmm. cyberpunk. We got this week, total recall, and then we're moving into some, um, Eastern cyberpunk things. Um, I, you know, I was looking at one YouTube video discussing kind of some of the differences, um, between Eastern and Western and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know if I agreed with a lot of the kind of, um, i don't know what the not assumptions i guess but conclusions that were were made based on the cyberpunk stuff that's out there sure um, though some of it that seemed to stand out and make sense to me anyways was um this idea that especially when we get to the blade runner era of things so not
2: mm-hmm.
0: not the pre cyberpunk being defined and recognized as a genre thing but later it was this western cyberpunk kind of took this idea that um west the western world was afraid of losing its dominance Mm -hmm. to the east and so you'd see this with you know the tech boom in japan Mm -hmm. you know when all of a sudden like just company after company like it's uh you know a row is um leading to real competition for us Mm -hmm. and stuff and so like that's part of the Adding in, you know, uh, Ridley Scott didn't bring this up. He mentioned just literally putting, like, um, kanji and stuff in the right. world because there are more Chinese people. So it made sense that in the future there would eventually be that. But um, So that was, that was an interesting part to me. And then the Eastern fear was of losing its culture and its homogeneity.
2: So, mm-hmm.
0: um, particularly when you're seeing cyberpunk come from the Japanese audience and stuff, you know, it's a, you know, there's a fear of, a, of a Westernization or even more specifically of different subsets of, um, um, of the Asian continent, different cultures right. invading their own. Um, cause there's always been that Japan, China thing.
2: Right. And,
0: um, if we get to ghost in the shell, um, you know, some of that kind of thing in there. So, yeah, I think those things kind of came out of his, his video that made sense to me.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting that for both different, um, types of cyberpunk, their, their ultimate fear is blending. There's this sort of like fear of globalization and that, that, um, I think presents itself in these large corporations that kind of take over and these cities that become like sprawling masses that encompass like, you know, almost like a globe. Um, Like, you know, if you're thinking like a star Wars type of feel. um,
0: Coruscant. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, And it it goes like just the opposite way for each culture. It's like, we, you know, fear like this, Infusion of you know Japanese or Eastern culture because of like you said like the Japanese tech boom, um, they're going to be taking over. But then like when you shift to like Eastern cyberpunk, it's like oh my god, Western, the Westernization and the dilution of our culture. Like so, it's it's this back and forth fear for either of them, casting the other as kind of the the antagonist, if you will. Um, So it's just very interesting that they're both preoccupied with. What I think boils down to essentially the same idea, just presented different ways.
0: Sure. I mean, and it's all about, um, I mean, cyberpunk ultimately is about fear. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, looking back, I saw not all that long ago a video on, I got on YouTube, but it was a news clip from the 70s. And they were, I don't know if I brought this up on here or not before, but there was, it was the evening news and they were talking about computers and they were worried. They are like, you know, these days it's hard to do anything without a computer, you know, and they're like at the right. airport and they're showing all these, you know, rooms that are the computer size of a room kind of thing. And they're doing these really um, archaic, rudimentary demos of what computers can do. And they interview a person and his title underneath his lower third there is like, home computer owner you know because that's <laughs> they, uh, wow i've had a computer for a little while now and i do right. something every day you know and like that's such and, a distinction was, <laughs>
2: yeah
0: and i saw it because i was seeing steve jobs things and so at the end they t- are talking sure. to steve jobs and then another person that is worried is fearful that of the harm that computers could bring and how
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know potentially you know are they taking over and this was the 70s and again very these are glorified calculators that's right what it, you know right. and um so the fear has been persistent there for a long time and so we see that stuff with west world yes. you know where it's wow they're already imagining machines taking over kind mm-hmm. of thing um and i i like to me that this birth also begins in the idea that um it's not just the machine part that we always think about. It's also yeah. the dominating force of a of a higher authority. So yes. whether that's a corporation or a governmental body or whatever,
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know, it's um, it's an an oppression um, there. Yeah, that, uh, that to me seems like some of the earliest uh, beginnings and is and is uh, a keystone to both Western and Eastern.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think those are kind of um, they're a little bit analogous to each other and they're kind of mirrors for each other. This like concept of, um, you know, like Western versus Eastern and this idea of the one taking over the other, whichever, you know, whichever way you kind of want to flip flop it. It's kind of a larger global mirror for the very like minute um, struggles that that we think of as, as between like man and machine that are hallmarks of cyberpunk, you know, they're both so close to the other, but there's just that little bit of difference that they both fear each other as other. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a, there's a worry. I think um, if you take, I guess, if you take a look at Westworld, for example, there's a worry on each side, both a human and a host side that the other population is going to take over the other and what will that mean? Um, you know, so, so it's just kind of like a, a mirror at the human level. And then at like this larger, like global scale, both of these sides are so similar to one another and yet they fear, um, you know, it's just like the, the, the lens that you present it in, you know, they, they fear the other and what a takeover of their culture could do. So it's a really interesting parallel.
0: And then I saw a uh, kind of breakdown of the distinction a little bit between um, uh, how Eastern cyberpunk seems to really Mm -hmm. often show a more fractured system between government, corporations, and the people. Like, there's really a lot of tension sitting in place there with that. Mm -hmm. Whereas often the Western cyberpunk is like, this is the system it's kind of in place and working. Mm -hmm. And so it is more like the corporation and government as one uh, and and the people. And so I'm interested going forward, watching more like if this holds true for most things or, Mm -hmm. you know, know, this or if this starts to fall apart, this distinction.
1: Yeah. I think if you, if you look at the two, I mean well technically we watched 3 but I, I I tend to kind of lump both blade runners together just because they're a continuation mm-hmm. of each other um but if you but if you look at blade runner blade runner 2049 and total recall what we've watched so far of western cyberpunk um, it's very westernized in the manner of like there's a lone hero going up against the system you know fighting for the few against uh you know the the large corporation or the large government or the large entity whatever that is um so i think that's a very like westernized take to have you know like the individual versus the system um you know the scrappy outsider hero kind of thing and it kind of i think um blade runner more so both blade runners more so than total recall fit this kind of idea of um what i heard in in another youtube video um cyberpunk being called neon noir mm.
2: instead
1: of like neo-noir um which which i also think it is but it just was kind of fun to yeah. like have that little like cyberpunk because it is so neon. Yeah. um but yeah it is very like noirish in the classic like detective kind of way like we're following a detective yeah. like following Plotting out a mystery and following all the pieces, and we're we're kind of following him along, and he's got to you know do whatever it is, like f- save the girl, um, as in Blade Runner, or um, save the the child, or reunite the child and father, um, as we see in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, Total Recall is like a little bit different because it's sort of a more of a personal mystery where he's like putting mm-hmm. his life back together. Um, or what he thinks is his life back together,
2: yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, I, I think that's a very like Western hallmark of cyberpunk.
0: So you know, I guess I don't know the definition of noir really, but what um, to me in my head, uh, neon noir almost fits better than cyberpunk. Is more encapsulating yeah. of cyberpunk mm-hmm. because um, noir, I guess in again in my head, this is pre-looking anything up about it, is all about um, the humanity and Mm -hmm. the system you're in is broken and there's not a lot of hope persistent there. It's pretty Mm -hmm. bleak, um, but then you have, right, you get to witness some sort of struggle in this uh, oppressive, terrible world Mm -hmm. that can be redemptive of in in some way. So you'd have someone that is kind of a shit person or whatever, but they still manage to do something good in all this darkness and whatever kind of thing. And you kind of have, you do see that a lot in, um, But the the society is different, but you're right. It's the same kind of journey. You got these shady people, someone pulled off the street, they've been resorting to crime all their life or whatever, you know, and this is the person now that's going to do something good. Yeah. Despite everything else, culture telling them they should do something bad.
1: Right. Or despite Um, themselves, you know, despite their own like jaded natures, which I think you can really see like in the original blade runner rick deckard and his like sort of yeah. jaded like he's he's in the beginning obviously he's given up being a blade runner um he's just totally tired of doing what he does and then he gets like sucked back into the system basically against his will and he ends up doing something good with it but yep yeah he's not really a
0: good guy no but he, no it's a redemptive story in a way exactly. you know like he gets to realize that oh, there's something else I can do here. I don't have to be part of this system. I don't have, you know, like maybe what I've been doing is wrong. I can do something else. And Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, when you think just breaking, doing the word cyberpunk, okay, I think cybernetics, electronics, robots with cyber and punk being like a anti-cultural resistance sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, uh, sort of um, fight the man, you know whatever kind of thing, which I think makes sense. But I yeah I love I love neon noir. I do because too. Because <laughs> there's an imagery that comes along with punk as well. Yep. You know which I don't think cyberpunk has to fit.
2: Yes, you know, I agree. It's,
0: when you think Total Recall, Arnold's not a punk.
1: <laughs> right. Right. You
0: know? so I just like Westworld too, you know, really to me fits in this genre, but doesn't feel like cyberpunk.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, I think cyberpunk again, just based on what we've watched so far and even thinking about like altered carbon, um, which I think is, is cyberpunk esque, um, cyberpunk more describes the worlds we're introduced to rather than the stories. You know what I mean? Like it's all this, like, this high tech stuff like high tech futuristic whatever it is be it a city as in you know the, the futuristic city of los angeles in blade runner um the future, futuristic city on mars that we're introduced to in total recall um harlan's world in in uh, altered carbon it's all like this high tech stuff that everybody's surrounded by and then you sort of see a lot of the extras the background characters as these like punked up you know visuals a lot yeah. of a lot of them are are dressed like thematically in this sort of um punkish mm-hmm. fashion or, or more outlandish fashions um you know just thinking of course of like the street scene in, in runner in total recall we've got like the the um groups that hang around like the brothel in on mars that um arnold Schwarzenegger's character is visiting and then of course like altered carbon like again like the, the street scenes um the brothels like the the everyday yep. people that that uh um takashi kovach is surrounded by but it's not the main character it's not their story right. they're not necessarily somebody who fits when you think of like punk yeah. So I think it's I think it's a it's a really it can be kind of a misnomer. It, it, uh, um, like I said, it's really more indicative of the world that we're in rather than the story that you're telling. Yeah. And sure. I think neon noir is the story that you're telling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Neon noir 2077. <laughs> That's beginning. right.
1: That's right. <laughs> Heard it right here. I'm gonna write a new story called neon noir.
0: Yeah. It's probably copyrighted. <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll see. Well, (laughs) we should talk specifically about uh, Total Recall from 1990, Mm -hmm. starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, And then at the end, we can maybe see what we're interested in for um, Eastern cyberpunk. Sounds good. um, Did you enjoy this movie? I
1: did. I did. Um, Probably not always for the reasons that I was supposed to. Um, (laughs) What? You know, I mean, there's, there's something about going back later on and watching something that's so much older. There's something, even though it doesn't try to be, there's, there's always like a campy sort of feel to like watching, like, I think like a nineties movie or like an action movie from the eighties and nineties where you're like, oh my gosh, look what they thought was high tech and look at those effects and there's always, there's always something like half cute about it just because like that was the technology for the time, yeah. but we're obviously so far past it that you're like, Oh man. Um, but yeah. Overall, I thought it was like a really well put together story. Um, I, I liked a lot of the different elements that this movie tried to explore um, in, in being like, what would a, a future look like where we've possibly colonized Mars um and you know how would we just like accept that into our everyday life and how would that work for other people um and then of course going along with you know our outward exploration we've we've done some inward exploration and we can do things like you know plant memories in your mind extract memories um you know give you vacations that are entirely in your mind somehow we've we've commodified memories in a fashion um, that, that they're sellable, that the entire lived experiences, we've had enough of them to last you two weeks of a storyline, you know, can be bought and sold. Um, and I think that was, that was kind of an interesting part for me because that was one of the hallmarks I think of, um, when I was watching that YouTube video about the origins of cyberpunk that distinguishes it from sci-fi, they have all these like big ideas and they don't always necessarily follow through on like how we got there. It's just like, you just accept it. It just happens. It just is.
2: Hmm. So that
1: was kind of like a a thing for me because I was like, wow, you know, how how would we commodify a memory, you know, going, going from watching blade runner where, you know, so much of the focus was like, what makes your memories real? And how can we implant them in androids? And then going to this being like, how do we sell a memory? So just really interesting questions.
0: I, I'd probably argue that um a lot of sci-fi forces you to accept something without explaining it. Yeah. You know, I like um it, it just I I don't like that sometimes. You know, like there's a diff- there's a there's a fine line, I guess, between defining a world with um a lot of like unknowns that aren't explained so it feels vast and it feels uh, developed and like it's you know come a long ways or whatever
2: mm-hmm. there's a
0: lot there but then there's also the well okay given the technology you're showing me why how is this one existing how right. does this make sense right well, how is this not just a fantasy thing you've thrown in there and made up so but yeah, yeah it's an issue i have with with sci-fi a lot i guess for sure um, i want to believe in your world you know so Right.
1: Yeah. Bring me there. Bring me, bring me the, this, this, I mean, you don't have to show me every single step along the way, but like, let yep. me make the the cognitive leap with you instead of just yep. forcing me to accept it. Yeah.
0: Well, I've been, I enjoyed it a lot as well. Um, I thought that I thought the effects were pretty good given like, it seemed like they did a bunch practically. Um, mm-hmm. and I thought they were cool and disturbing <laughs> they were kind of disturbing
1: yeah Yeah, they Um, certainly didn't shy away from violence or weirdness in this movie and i kind of like that it's not your very like typical blockbuster you know what i mean like this wouldn't be like an all-american you know typical popcorn type of movie this is a little bit different
0: and this movie definitely um felt older than it is And I thought it was older than this, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's just, I think you get to that time period of basically Jurassic Park, 93, 94, 95, basically you get to that time period and stuff is feeling pretty modern, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, doesn't, and can potentially age very well. There's just those few years before where it's, you know, it's still, it feels older than it is. Yeah. It's got Um, some eighties remnants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're making the transition,
1: but they're they're not yeah. quite there yet. Yep, absolutely.
0: Cuz I thought that the fashion seemed 80s going mm-hmm. into 90s or whatever, but then the architecture that was supposed to be futuristic to me looked very 70s or mm-hmm. at least the the I- idea of the future from the 70s. Yeah. So, um I thought that was interesting how you know, yeah, I they, wasn't... like they hadn't invented their own view of future architecture and stuff
1: right i wasn't really wowed until they showed us um towards the end of the movie like the alien structure that was buried deep within the mine that Mm. that i thought was really cool like um i i had a comment that you know when we first like arnold schwarzenegger's character first gets to mars or does he um if you you know kind of (laughs) skip to the end of the movie um but that that city that that popped up there looked very realistic from the outside like all these outside shots and angles mm. just kind of looked like a typical metropolis just you know transplanted onto a different planet um and then you know kind of when you got into like the close-up you know actual streets of the city it was like very um cyberpunky and you know like a very familiar setting that i'd had before but i wasn't wowed by it and then when you got to like these shots of like the alien technology that looked like its own kind of futuristic city—that's that's—I feel like what they saved all of their their effect
0: for, and I thought it worked really well. So you brought it up. Um, <laughs> okay. So do you think this all happened to him or not? Was it? Is it? Yeah. Is it the memory implant? Is it the program? Or right. was it real?
1: Right. Oh, that yeah, that was such a good ending. I wasn't ready for it where it was just like <laughs> totally just gonna like mess with you and be like, oh, oh, like did the yeah. whole movie happen or was this like a great yeah. two week vacation in his brain?
0: Glad they didn't answer it though.
1: I am too. I am too. They just like left it on mm-hmm. a, you know, well, if it is, like better enjoy it and uh you'll be going back soon because mission complete. Yeah. Um yeah, it was, uh, it was a very, like, subtle narrative arc that, you know, everybody kept trying to convince him along the way that, hey, like, you're just in this memory program and you're just, like, doing this, this mission that you asked to, to do. And he doesn't believe him and doesn't believe him and doesn't believe him. But the whole storyline lines up exactly with what he's – the package he's being sold about being, like, a super spy and – saving the girl and, and, you know, saving the day. Um, yeah. Great, great narrative storytelling. I guess at the end of the movie, I, I ended up feeling like it was real. Okay. And that it wasn't, it wasn't in his brain. Okay. Um, I just thought there were like so many detailed things, especially towards the end. I don't know if they could have done. um, with just like some memories. But I mean, who knows, that's yeah. the fun part. That's the fun part, yeah. I could be totally wrong.
0: Well, I thought it was interesting because we kind of disagreed or saw things differently because of the version of Blade Runner we watched. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> um, whether Deckard was um a android or not. a Yeah. Uh, not and, rubble, um, yeah. Yeah. And I was wondering if we'd feel that way at this too. And I'm leaning towards, it was all fake though. (laughs) I want it to be real. Yeah. Like to me, um, to, to me, and I guess it's probably a personal thing or whatever. Um, but it's, it's more impactful if it was real. Mm -hmm. Um, in like, if you think of what, what the, if there's an idea or a message behind the film. And with, with based upon what I know now of Philip Dick, um, it just seems to me to fit in well with the idea that society would be um, lying to you yeah. kind of a thing almost, you know? And so it, basically the ultimate gaslighting, you know, you yeah. are you and and to me, that that fits so well with this because we also get uh, um, um, shoot, what's his name? Blade Runner director blank. Oh, really, Scott? Name. Yeah, talking about how <laughs> he was influenced by um, George Orwell, right? And to me, that kind of thing, looking at um, um, the uh writings of Philip K Dick it's immense it being inspired by that same kind of idea fits well with this movie yeah um, and if it's all fake then it doesn't yeah you know i mean you get still get to explore those ideas but
1: yeah i feel like um if uh if i was looking more at this more In terms of uh, of a Philip K. Dick story, I would be inclined to say that like it was a it was a memory implant Um, just because just because I I think that would be a a great jaded way for his stories to end. Having read Mm. some of Philip K. Dick, like um, it's more like you said, it's more impactful if it's real and you get to explore more of these ideas. If it's real, I could just totally see him throwing an ending in there where it's like. It's all fake, and and Big Brother's just like in your brain, you know what I mean. Um, I just yeah. feel like that that sort of jaded ending fits with with his writing more. Not that not to say that um it would certainly be the way he would end it, but just like ending on that that downer would be would sure. be sure. Uh, a hallmark of his. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like for That's Holly true. for Hollywood, I feel like at least ending on some optimism. Um, even if it's like fake optimism and that it was, you know, like a fake story yeah. and he's, you know, they're they're sort of like ending on this like hopeful high. So yeah. I was just more convinced like it was real.
0: So I should read the short story. It's based on. Yeah,
1: um, yeah I haven't read this particular
0: one. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I, I agree with the hopeful or pessimistic kind of idea um, between the two. I think it would have gone uh, the other way of hmm yeah I don't know mm-hmm. that's interesting but I I think this movie handled I mean sometimes someone says Arnold Schwarzenegger and then they get this idea of a movie in their head that oh my god very seriously <laughs> yeah. or whatever you know but they did a very good job of bringing pulling you back and forth one way yes. or another on which way you should think this is. Because yes. a lot of movies would give up earlier yes, and pretty late in the film. They're like, no, 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 you don't know what's going on here. What do you really? You think that you think yeah. that, you know, and um, it was very, it was very good. I guess ultimately the things that make me think it was fake was that the the stuff wasn't, like aliens on Mars having this big structure and then instantly turning it on and wow the planet has yeah. atmosphere. Like that, that kind of, of, of stuff is so unbelievable <laughs> that if it is real, but but it's a movie too. So right. that's the thing. Do I do I like just like trump that up to it's a it's a movie, so they do these right. things, right. Or do I take it, you know, at face value and say, well, that wouldn't be possible except in your fantasy of being an action hero.
1: Right right of being able to save the planet with like flipping a switch yeah and doing it in time to like save yourself from oxygen deprivation yes like <laughs> yeah that 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 part was a little hard to take just because it was like everything was so instantaneous like they were in this battle all he had to do was press a button like gears would start turning the the, the atmosphere would you know like this this whole thing would collapse structure would drill down and melt like these glaciers in like a second and then release all this oxygen in, in the air. And everything was just like lovely and perfect within two minutes while yeah. they're like rolling around gasping for breath. Um, that was a little bit unbelievable, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did feel, it just felt like so cinematic. It just felt like such sure. like a movie moment that they were like condensing all of this stuff and trying to like make it like a big dramatic, like, Oh my God, are they actually going to die of oxygen deprivation? Mm-hmm which way to go special effects team that was nasty (laughs) Yeah,
2: it was was from start to finish
1: like the way he like wakes up and dreams of this of his like death by oxygen deprivation and i was like way to get into the movie and then it like bookends it at the end was wow
0: yeah uh um and then other things i guess like so guards and officials and such or whatever they have guns yeah. they don't make this the environment bulletproof yeah, like one stray <laughs> shot i mean they don't know this uh, too so either one you don't it'd be like okay you can no one you know like guns oh my god guys because right, right. you're gonna kill us all okay right and so then you know oh like i don't just get to willingly shoot someone shoot like at them and then <laughs> yeah, they do. Or two, like uh, bulletproof the place. Right. Like right. a little bit. Because right. oh my god, don't he almost did it a second time. He's like, nope. Oh my god, don't shoot. You're gonna wow. Yeah. So that was another thing, is like, well, is this just movies move being movies or right? Yeah. yeah,
1: I think there was a lot of a lot of elements like that in this movie. Um where you, you kind of either had to just face up to that there were like some illogical, you know, plot mm-hmm. points or just chalk it up to like the movies and just be like, yep. well, it just has to work sometimes, you know? Yep. Um, much more than obviously I think we did with either either Blade Runner movie where everything seemed a lot more thought out, tied together, logical even though it was like futuristic, it was like, let's, you know, let's think about how this would would, would logically work and, and make it grounded in realism. Yep. So, but I think that was that was a little bit also kind of the fun of this movie. It was a little more lighthearted than either Blade Runner. So it could get away with some of those things because we were being swept along in a movie that was a little bit more energetic, a little bit more action oriented um, than like gritty realism only so yep i think that was just part of its its nature that were that were just being taken along for a little bit of a ride
0: yep now i had maybe this is me being um naive but mm-hmm. red pill take the red pill yeah! I it's the matrix <laughs> um but they here he has offered to take the red pill. Uh huh. The interesting thing in this case is, take the red pill, and you you wake up in reality.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: which is the promise, sort of, of the red pill in The Matrix. Take the red pill to you know you know, find the truth here. Mm-hmm. Um. So is that a sign? Is that a sign that this was fake? Yeah, or is it a sign that the Matrix is playing off of this <laughs> idea? Like, is this the first? Yeah, yeah. So the fear is take the red pill because we've seen that before, and that's mm-hmm. not. Or are they saying that they believe that it it was all fake? And yeah, so they should have taken the red pill, and then it really would have been the truth.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought this was a really interesting moment as well. Of course, like. Uh, reminded also of the Matrix. I mean, how could you not be? It's such an iconic moment. Um, but I think the difference here is that when um, Schwarzenegger's character uh, Quaid, I think at, he's Quaid at this point. You know, depending on your on your version of events, if he's Quaid or Hauser, um, he is being offered a truth, but he already thinks he's in the truth. Whereas like in the Matrix, like Neo is out there thinking something isn't right with my world and I need to find the truth. And that's what Morpheus is offering. Whereas in this case, like Schwarzenegger's already convinced he's living the truth. Yep. So this doctor is like being like, no, 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 this is like false. I'm going to show you the truth. But Schwarzenegger hasn't even bought into it. So that's that's the difference here is like. Whatever he's offering, whether it's the truth or not, like we obviously can't know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not his character's truth in that moment, so yep. he can't take it. Yep. So it's a
0: it's, uh, it's a good scene. It's a and great guys scene. Convincing, oh, yeah. you know. Um, I it wasn't, like it.
1: The, wasn't the, for that one little beat of sweat there. <laughs> of sweat. It
0: might have been. Warm. I mean, I don't right? know. Right. So yeah.
1: Yeah, Sharon Stone was a cooler customer than that uh, than that guy pretending to be a psychologist. She she did a great job in this movie. I think she was like a great side character that kept popping up again and again. She was, like I said, she was a cool cucumber, just kept, kept trying to like convince him back on the party line. And, uh, you know, when that failed, she would like surprise him out of nowhere with just like, okay, well, maybe I'll just kill you then. <laughs> yep. Great
0: job. I I agree. Um, It's fun seeing them all so young. They're such babies.
1: Mm -hmm. I know. Uh, I know.
0: Let's see. Oh, the the the, like psychic, the telepathic mutant stomach creature, Danny DeVito.
1: Yeah, Uh, that was crazy. mm Mm-hmm. Quato, Quato, says Alan. Yeah. Quato. Yep.
0: yeah, he was weird looking. So yeah, sure. that
1: was that was an interesting side plot.
0: Oh, someone said you'll be home in time for cornflakes.
1: And oh I my didn't god, use that line. <laughs> okay, so we both noted that line. So, oh, did you? It's
0: That's it's
1: Culhagen or Cohagen, I can't remember. It's like the main guy, okay. and I loved it because. So he just finished, like, this whole scene where he's got Quaid slash Hauser locked down. Uh, Cohagen, yep. the loves Cohagen. Thank you, Alan. Um, so he's got him locked down. He thinks he's going to get his friend Hauser back, and he just invites them to a party that he's throwing at his house later that night. And then when like Quaid escapes, he's like, "I'll kill you and be home in time for cornflakes." And my first thought was like, <laughs> "You're eating cornflakes before your party? Like, <laughs> what are you doing, dude?"
0: I mean, that's what you'd have after the party, maybe. You're like, right? you're out of choices. You can't get the Taco Bell. So, like cornflakes. two, three
1: in the morning, you're drunk yeah. and you just got like, you know, yep. a need for some cornflakes.
0: <laughs> yeah, <is> some party <laughs> gaming with the cornflakes.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, they they really had some like funny lines quite at the end like you noted arnold schwarzenegger's like screw you um and then see at the party i'll be home in time for cornflakes yeah Yeah. they kind of got a little little oh god
2: yeah
1: they got a they got a little punchy i think at the end they were kind of wrapping some things up and maybe maybe got a little carried away with themselves but kind of made for some fun scenes after yeah You know, all of our all of our hard work following all this like bending logic of like, who is he? Where is he? Is this real?
0: Yeah. So. Um, I thought it was interesting that they didn't foresee, you know, the the compute um, like interface and interactions in this were all with like stationary screens. So that's how you would mm -hmm. talk to someone with a, it would all be video calls and stuff. And that's how you accessed information that way. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was, that was interesting as opposed to cell phones or something mobile or something that would be with you.
2: Because cell phones
0: were definitely a thing. They did exist at that point, but I guess they were just for calls. Right. So just not seeing that. Yeah,
1: I think they, they were sort of on the verge of interesting technology, and then kept it in its clunkier form. Um, like I noted that the cars all looked very futuristic, like the angles and lines and planes of all these cars looked exactly like what you would find in Blade Runner, except that they didn't fly. You know what sure. I mean? They were still made for driving, or like you, like you're pointing out. Um, you know, you had this like video technology. But it was very clunky and computer like rather than like mobile. Yep. Um, I yep. think the one the one cool technological advance that they really showed off like the hologram. That was yep. you know, that was kind of their like big like, ooh, look at the technology that we have. Um yep. so that was very interesting.
0: Yep. We saw that kind of thing in Blade Runner Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. 2049 too.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Um okay. Is there anything we haven't said here? I just, I just want to stress that. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, you commented on the pill thing here too. I see you. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I just thought it was well done. I thought uh, pretty well acted. I thought the practical effects were, were gross, mm-hmm. and I just think they they structured together a very um, thoughtful story that really kept you guessing. And yeah. then still leaves you guessing at the end. Yet it was still satisfying, you know.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's tough to do, I think.
1: I agree. I agree. It's not. It's not what I went into this movie expecting, and I just found myself enjoying it so much more because I think it exceeded my expectations. Um, sure. You know, I mean, I, I went into the movie knowing the basic premise, but I think everything that the movie did exceeded my expectations. And, um, like all of the actors, I mean, including Arnold Schwarzenegger, because yeah. again, that's a fine line to walk when you've got somebody like Arnold in a movie, uh, just did yeah. a really great job. So excellent, excellent movie.
0: Well, everybody can be happy that, um, there are some name brands that will still exist once it's <laughs> the- Mars. Panasonic, i know Koken, i saw your list phillips <laughs> fujifilm sony coke Marlboro, pepsi bud light best western coors light mercedes evian wonder bread espn jack-in-the-box and sharper images coming back it's coming back
1: <laughs> yeah you just wait man
0: just like it's <laughs> buying their Clay time paper, they're coming back <laughs> sharper images too so.
1: yeah i saw that in the uh in the mars city they had a, like a little sharper image, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's a throwback!" It was
2: great.
0: So yeah, all right. Well, that's um, Total Recall from 1990. Mm-hmm. That's a thumbs up from us. Absolutely. Going forward, uh, we we I mean we only have like a week or something till the Cyberpunk video game comes out. though yeah. So we're gonna keep on celebrating the genre. Mm-hmm. Next week with something probably Japanese. Um, I don't know. Are there things you really want to see? Is there something that stands out that you haven't seen? That is a must for you or um, where are you wanting to go with? uh,
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think one of the things that I want to watch the most is Akira just because I haven't seen it. And I just feel like it's referenced so often in everything I was looking up about Eastern cyberpunk. Um, Sure. It's kind of one of those like touchstones that I just felt like I should probably have in my repertoire, you know? Okay. Nice. But sure. other than that, I'm open to pretty much anything.
0: I mean. Okay. Yeah. Well, count on Akita next week. Um, it's it's a movie that I've seen a couple of times. I appreciate it a little more each time mm. I've seen it. Sure. Um, it's... It's gorgeous, like especially for given its time, uh, mm-hmm. how well it's animated and stuff. I watched it the last time I saw it was at um, there's this theater that's attached to a um, like a Mexican restaurant. and um, you can go in and order your nachos and whatever you want and drinks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the theater is like an old theater, but it's got couches mm. for seats and everything and some tables sure. and stuff fun and uh pretty worn down or whatever but they would hold like uh anime movie nights and stuff fun Um, and this was one of them there and uh so yeah that's last time i saw it so bring back good memories for sure when i see it yeah um i noted i'm gonna try probably to watch three other things we'll see wicked city um is a very adult movie um (laughs) I will say. very. It's on Pluto TV, I think, for free with, okay. with ads or whatever. Uh, I might buy it if I get the chance, if it's available on anything. Um, oh, yeah. Armitage 3 um, and then Angel Cop. Those are kind of three that I um, was looking at a list of sort of underrated or underappreciated cyberpunk anime gems. And so there were several sure. on there and those three sort of stood out to me. And like I say, wicked city is a movie armor mm-hmm. touch three. I think it's like three episodes and I don't remember what angel cop was exactly, but
1: uh, angel cop looks like about six episodes. Okay. So yeah, I'll try to watch at least one of these three and let you know which one sure. I end up watching just so we know for sure. Yeah, each of them look interesting in their own
0: different way. So and then we can start getting an idea, like if our kind of assumptions and things we've read kind of uh, agree with, fall in line with these things, uh, if we see a lot of differences between them or if thematically they stick, they hold true.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then the following week, uh, if we do one more cyberpunk thing, we'll see. But that's... Yeah. yeah all kinds of things. Send us your suggestions. If there's something that we must watch, needed cyberpunk. <laughs> let us know.
1: Yeah, yeah, what are we missing out on? What can't you believe we're not watching?
0: Yep. Well, I I've often thought of Ghost in the Shell during some of the cyberpunk yeah. we watched and thought, "Oh, okay, this is, you know, I I'm reminded of that for sure." So Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think we mean to ignore ghost in the shell. I think it's just like it it is already, I feel like, such like a, a touchstone that mm. yep. we can we can expand.
0: Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. We would have got started earlier, but we had technical issues. Ah! Um it's been a <laughs> while. So, you know, there they are. Now That's they're right. done. Hopefully that's
1: right that's a throwback it's classic us
0: yep Um, thank you to killing the flower for a theme song although I butchered it so the version that you are (laughs) hearing in last week's episode and this week's episode and if I don't get to writing something else next week's episode as well Mm -hmm. I messed with it I do apologize it will go back to the normal professionally done version (laughs) that it was Um, after we're done with all the cyberpunk stuff. But right now, it's gritty and terrible-sounding, and it's my fault. So (laughs) otherwise, Killing the Flower, they are on YouTube and they are on Instagram. Um, Go take a look at them, Mm -hmm. Spotify. And then um, you should follow us here on Twitch and on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter,
2: Mm -hmm. all the
0: things like that. Tweet at us. Let us know. What we're wrong about, or what we're right about, or you know, how what designs I should shave into my beard. I don't know. You
1: know. <laughs> that was random.
0: I probably, I probably you got a little it, on your
1: mind, but, John. No, <laughs> want to share with the class?
0: <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I trimmed it today, I guess. So I thought, I guess I thought of that or something. I don't know, but sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Otherwise, um, Andrea, thank you for joining me, and of course, see you next week.
2: Sounds good. Cheers, everyone.